Welcome to the CEO-led sales podcast, the podcast that empowers CEOs to gain control of their sales and have predictive revenue in the future. I'm your host, Andrew Ford, and I'll be interviewing Andrew Phillips, the sales expert and the author of the book, The CEO-Led Sales. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the CEO-led sales podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Ford, and we have Andrew Phillips, the author of the book and the designer of the methodology, here to talk to us about the right model. So the right model is the solution to the problems that we discussed in the last episode that are plaguing the sales industry, the challenges that CEOs face in not making budgets or having inconsistency in their forecast. And Andrew's written a a book all about the solutions called the CEO-led sales, and today we're going to talk about the right model. So welcome, Andrew. Great. Thanks, Andrew. So tell me about this right model. What does that actually mean? What's, what's the right model? Right. Okay. So I think that it's probably important to start off by saying this is not another sales methodology. Uh, there are many, many sales methodologies out there. And my opinion is if you're using one and you stick to it with all the rigor and discipline that it needs, then just do that. I'm looking at a mechanism that overlays from the top of the organization to the bottom of the organization, a different approach to ensuring that you're managing your sales process in a, uh, in a structured, repeatable, reliable manner. So what's, how does it differ from you know, a sales method? So you've got your, your, your model, your methodology, how's that different to what you're saying, what they're doing now? So give yeah. an example. So what happens now in most sales organizations is the individuals are targeted individually and have only an interest in their own success. Also at that same time, we have sales managers who are spending greater than 80% of their time managing the salesperson's activities via a CRM. And I feel that they are that that, that's, that there's a better way, and we should be using those higher level skills more for coaching. I also feel that because salespeople are given yearly targets, their approach to selling is a is a, a year, which is what you're telling them to be. Mm. But when we talk about large, long term, complex services deals, those deals take two and three years to uh, to mature and incubate, and my approach is saying we've got to put a lot more attention into the rigor of those deals. We've got to have a logical process that enables us to identify those big deals many years out and then have a stepping stone sales approach to get into that deal to create the credibility with your client along the way so that you're best positioned to do that. Most organizations turn the clock off at the end of their financial year, yeah. whatever that is, and then they turn it back on the next day. And business doesn't work like that. In yeah. fact, life nothing in life works like that. And so how do we expect a sales organization to perform at a high level if that's how we treat them? Much of what we speak about in the book is along the lines of this infinite game in that we have to have a cycle that just doesn't end in mm. relation to our clients. If you feel that selling something to your client brings it to a conclusion, then I think that's a a flawed approach. What you have to do is selling something to your client is the first step, 
of the next step, yeah, and then off you go again. And but it's a con, it's a continuum, right? And and if you focus on client outcomes, if you ensure that you are paying for the client outcome, not for the sale, then you'll overall change the culture in the organisation. So that's what my model uh, essentially does. It starts right at the top of the organisation and it constantly moves around. Mm. And also within the, the the right model, we talk about the remuneration structures changing significantly to incent an organisation selling as a team. Yeah. It, it, and so I, I think these are the differences, right? So with a sales methodology, with Taz or with, uh, you know, Miller-Hyman and all, many of them, they concentrate right down on the individual salesperson and they perpetuate the model of individuality in, a, in, a, in an environment. And I'm saying that you can still use their methodologies to have the discipline of a how you structure a deal and how the people you need to talk to in an organisation, you can use that. My approach sits on top of all of that and will make yeah. it actually a lot realer. Yeah. It's really a company-wide um, cultural change and also mindset change. Yes, how you think about it. Yeah, it's completely. Uh, it, it, this is not something that you can just roll out and put onto the desk of the sales leader or the sales individuals and say, there you go, here it is. This is will change the behaviours of your HR team, your finance mm-hmm. team, your legal team. It'll change all of those behaviours because it's saying you've got this massive amount of IP in your organisation and the thing an organisation exists for is to sell and deliver well. Then there's a whole pile of support functions that assist in doing that. Mm-hmm. But if you're not selling well and delivering well, then you're not existing as an organisation properly yeah. and you've got erratic behaviour, you've got famine and feast, you've got a whole pile of different things. What I'm saying is also in those support organisations are absolutely uh, absolutely intelligent and high-value people who you should be moving out of their finance office or their legal office or their HR office and bring them to bear on the sales process because there's so much value to be added by them doing that. Yeah. And, and because you've created a whole model around it, then it's more scientific than just the idea of doing things differently. So let's let's describe the model for those listening. So we've got three sections, each of which have two segments each. Can you just describe how the model works in the different parts? Yeah. So overall, overall, the picture is got to have the right clients pursuing the right deals in the right clients with the right team. So you know, if you if you if you want an elevator pitch, that's the elevator pitch of what I'm talking about here. So. I have seen in my in my time in in large enterprise organisations that often you've got the wrong clients because they might be a client that's delivering to you today and delivering you good revenue and good and good margins and you hang on to them as opposed to understanding that in the future they are no longer the right client for mm. you and you've got to manage those clients properly and give them a great outcome, but they aren't actually the client that's going to make you or into the future. And whereas there's other clients in your environment that may be very small or they actually aren't even in your environment, and they are the right clients for your organisation. And so without knowing that and and having a disciplined process of understanding what are your right clients and your wrong clients, you can never head in the right direction. And then so by doing that, you then jump to the CEO sales plan, which is probably quadrant number one in, in my my model that says to be able to identify the right clients, the right deals and the right team, 
your CEO in an organization has to be able to articulate in a CEO sales plan three to five years out, what are the attributes of the clients that that organization wants to sell to? Not the names of the clients, just the attributes. Are they enterprise-wide? Are they just single office in one state? Are they multi-office? Are they, what What do they look yeah. like? Yeah. Uh, so how do you, and, and then what are the sorts of solutions that that CEO has decided their organization is going to pursue over that same period of time. Because without having that strategy and without having that approach to clients, you can't work out what the right clients are, the right deals yeah, and the right terms. Yeah. So you, once you've got that, then everything else flows in behind it. So, And it's really taking a reactive approach of which deals did the sales team discover because there's a tender out to let's go and, and decide what sort of business we want to be and which clients we want and which technology we want to sell them. Completely. And, and taking the reins, and that's yeah. how you get control, is yeah. by being proactive. Yeah, that's right. And we've got a great diagram in the book that sort of shows the way your pipeline's going to change when you make this approach. Mm. We see, um, and, and uh, all of the experience shows, that today organisations will have in the next three months massive pipes. Yeah. And we see, it like a tide, those major deals moving, moving, moving out. And then every three months... The deals move out. And then if you were to look two years out in a, in every organization I've ever worked in, the pipeline's nearly non-existent. Yeah. And I'm saying that's utterly wrong. It can't be true because yeah. what that's showing is you're creating a culture of quarter by quarter mm. and you're creating a culture of just get it in there. And if we all believe the pipeline's healthy, yeah. we've got five times coverage, whatever, then we'll be okay. And that's wrong. And what we should be seeing is a smaller, maybe one and a half or two times coverage. I don't even actually like using a times coverage equation because if you've got a very well qualified and very well pursued pipeline, it can be smaller or you know just one. Yeah. One. It can be one because you go, I've got, I've got this deal. Yeah. Of course, you always win all these deals. So you want a bit of different. You know, you want different deals in there. But the big thing is, if you've got a CEO sales plan and you know what sort of deals you're pursuing and what sort of client attributes they are, your three-year pipeline can be monstrous Yeah, because you can do the research in the marketplace and say, our competitors have that deal. It's coming up for renewal in three years' time. That's going into our pipeline, and I'm going to get a pursuit plan to pursue that deal. Yeah, That's monstrously powerful, and yeah. nearly no one's doing that today. And the great thing is that customers, I'm sure, because my, all these customers are going to need new stuff in the future. I'm Completely. They're never going to buy again. Yeah. Um, is that you're taking the front foot with them about their problems as a business or organisation rather than what product do you need today? Well, completely. And because I talk about, also in the book, we talk about a change in the way we view your sales force to making them a client expert. Your client expert's job is to understand what's the future for that organization. And that could be doing research uh, locally or regionally or globally mm. and finding out what's happening elsewhere in the world. At the same time, our CEO is saying, he or she is saying, we don't do, uh, we don't do intelligent automation today. But Industry 4.0 is coming down the train line at us at a rate of knots and nothing's going to get in the way and stop that. So I've got to get on board. Mm. And intelligent automation is one of those things that's going to get on board there. So the CEO will be building an intelligent automation practice, for instance, not mature today, but your sales team, client experts, have got to be having those conversations, knowing that the intersection in two years' time is yeah. going to arrive and then I'm right to go with that. Yeah. And if you, you know, like really interesting thing about Industry 4.0 is you know, the research shows that in the 200 years of the third industrial revolution, 
the same amount of change is going to occur in the next five years in the fourth industrial revolution. Wow. So if you're not on board with that, if you can't have a fluid conversation about that, then there's a problem. And I would suggest that you go and line up nine out of 10 salespeople in the industry today, and they wouldn't have a clue about Industry 4.0. No, they'd, they'd know about the products that the company uh, sells. Absolutely, but they won't they know the why. Yeah, yeah they won't know yeah, the why, and, yeah. and they'll be looking at, you know, well, I, this is the company I want to sell to, and they might have known the CEO and the whole chart, but they're not looking at the future of that organisation yeah. strategically compared to their competitors globally. It's, it's really, you know, you're talking more an Accenture consultant Completely. rather than an old yeah. IT yeah. service right. person. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. The, 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 the people are different. And, we're actually yeah. and, when we get to the, and we get to the outer, we've talked about the right clients and the right deals a bit, and that's where you've got to get to the right team. Then the CEO is saying, can my people make the transition? Yeah. And we also, we also know that there is no best sales team floating out around there. You know, you can't go and buy in the yeah, best sales yeah. team. Just like football teams are like, you can get the odd good team star, but the issue is when they work as a team, they mm. are much more effective. And so you as a CEO can say, I've got to train and I've got to morph and change my sales team to become client experts over the three years and I've got to be able to have them having learning around conversations today, which they won't be selling to today, but they'll be selling to in three years' yeah, time and they'll be match fit by the time we get there. Yeah. And we've got to run this we've got to run this business that says, got to deliver on my number today. Must. No, there's no nothing in my book talks about not delivering on the number today. But what it also means is I've got to be able to have a plan to deliver yeah. it three four years out. Yeah, and that's what everyone wants is the consistency. I don't want to be a salesperson and deliver this year and then you get to the end of the financial year, you have one day off and then you're like, oh, crap, I'm back to zero again. Well, that's right. It's right. And by getting this model in place and by having a, a visibility of a four-year pipeline, what it does is it gives the sales team reasons to stay. You know, you know, sales organisations are the most uh, you know fluctuating organisations mm. in, in the business. We want to stop that. You know, we, what we want to be able to do is say a an average performing team who has got long-term investment in an organisation is better than trying to find knights on white horses. Yeah, yeah, 100%. So, so the role model is in a particular order. Yes. So let's go around and name all the, the six segments. So can you just uh, describe which order they go in? Yeah, so, so certainly. So I've talked a little bit already on this podcast about the CEO sales plan. Mm. That is the first of the six segments, and it's the only one that I say you must do. You must start with that. And once you've started with that, you can then make a decision based upon your organization's structure and approach, what ones you then want to go and do. Mm. But the only one I say, if you want the right model, you need to start with the CEO sales plan. And that's the strategy. That's the absolute, that's what you hang your hat on. Now, of course, we haven't got crystal balls. Right, so you might make a bet today and say, right, four years out, we are going to pursue this sort of client. Yeah, and of course, you might need to change. That's why the CA sales plan gets updated every year. Yeah. But, you know, a, a good review of the market, a sound understanding of the business that you're in will give you a pretty fair idea. Yeah, you know, yeah. like it's going to give you an 80% idea, right? Yeah. And that's a damn sight better than what we've got today. We've yeah, got no yeah, idea, yeah, right? Yeah. Now, and, we, and we sort of know what we're selling this week, next week, and the month after. But we... You know, I think that I've worked with some CEOs recently and, you know, so what are we going to be selling in three years' time? I don't know. Well, we've got to work that one out. Yeah, yeah. Right? We've got to, and, and you know what, even, and if we only get it 50% right, that's, that's a damn sight better, right? So, yeah. 
because then you can see mm. you've got to hire towards that and yeah. you've got to structure the, the knowledge Completely. of the organization. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, you've got to tool up tool up your your um, your, your product development branch and yeah. your marketing team have got to start marketing and your HR people have got to know who they should be hiring into yeah. the future, what skills they've got, you know. And so you might be hiring and because we all want to hire for the long term and you know that in three years' time we're going to be doing a particular uh, you know segment of the security business or wherever it is, you want to make certain those people have either got really uh, they've got good skills in it right now, mm. or that they have a pretension to learning, and they have their own they, they have their own L and D, right? Yeah. So, and we'll and we'll describe in future podcasts like each of these in detail. In detail, yeah, an overview, overview now. now. Yeah. So, CIO sales plan is number one. Number one, and then and then we've got and so then we've got an attainment plan, and what the attainment plan does at, a, at the high level is it take the individual client experts working with the sales coach, take the CEO sales plan. And they then break it into their industry, into their territory. Yeah. If the CA says we're going to do these things to these clients over this period of time, we now bring it down to this is how the rubber hits the road. I'm going to sell it to these named clients. So CEO might say, um, multi-office, uh, heavy industry clients we want to go after. And then so, so client expert and sales coach look at that and go, ah, that's XYZ company. Yeah, fits that model. Okay, so XYZ company, we're going to do this too, and we work out an attainment plan that says company wise, solution wise, what are my stepping stone deals and all like, Yeah, so that's that's where that goes yeah, to. Great. And then what's in the pursuit plan? And the pursuit plan then breaks then the attainment plan down to the individual deals. Yeah, great. What deal am I doing in this client? And it has a detailed based approach to it, covering off. What we'll talk about in probably an in individual podcast, the four C's, my my approach to credibility, capability, commitment, and control. I believe if you don't have a thorough understanding of those four C's, you will you'll be compromised in your deal somewhere if you do with it at all. Yeah, very unlikely. Yeah, great. And then the next one, if a CEO wanted to review the validity or the efficacy of a, of a deal, you can run a really simple process over it called the power plan, which has, again, those four Cs, credibility, capability, commitment, and control. And we will go into that in detail about how we work each deal based upon that. Okay. Mm, so then we go into the team plan. Yeah. So the team plan is the way I'm saying that it's wrong that organizations reward people for doing the job they're hired to do. And that might seem a bit unusual, but I feel that if you hire a legal expert or you hire a, a head of finance or your head of HR, then they should just do their day job. But everyone in an organisation should be part of a selling team somewhere. And this team plan um, brings together a a, a brain's trust, a brain's mm. trust for each deal. Now, make no bones about it, the client expert is responsible for doing the deal and moving the deal through. Mm. But the team creates the, the the culture within the group that it's not okay to miss an action in the in the pursuit plan. It's not okay not to be getting out there and, and uh, engaging with the client face-to-face. And the team brings that brings that together. So, you know, I they would meet they would meet on a, a regular basis. And on the big deals, on what I what I call the uh, the bedrock deals. Yeah, These are deals that will change the strategy and outcome of the client mm-hmm. uh, of the of the of the organization both from a client perspective and from a sales perspective. Mm. And then the last one? The remuneration plan is a a, a relook at how you pay salespeople. 
and obviously my terms, I call them client experts, but it's refocusing the effort from uh, reducing their bases somewhat, but upon getting their attainment plan and their pursuit plans 100% effective, they get paid upon planning. Now, a lot of people will go, well, that's what people, that's what salespeople should do anyway. Well, the reality is they aren't. Yeah. The reality is they aren't, okay? You know, um, and so what, what I look at there is that we should, because, you know, you know, there is no, there's no um, leadership books or any type of development book that doesn't talk about having a plan, not having a plan is planning to fail, right? Yeah, yeah. So we know how critical it is. So I think one of the big aspects of, of of most organizations is they excuse away the need to plan. Oh, I'm too busy. Oh, I've got a client meeting. Oh, I've, I've got all this stuff. Just, you know, and, you know, they don't fill in CRM. So I think all of that part of their salary is based upon them being immaculate at keeping records and immaculate at the planning process. Mm-hmm. And I took, you know, I liken this, you know, we know, and I, I think I've said this in a previous podcast, you know, your average sales guy gets paid more than your emergency room doctors these days mm-hmm. right, on, on a base. Just imagine the impact of an emergency room doctor saying, I'm too busy to fill in your chart today, so I'm going home. Yeah. Just imagine what that would happen. Yeah. And so we've got that happening. CEOs allowing that to happen in their sales organisations where salespeople today aren't filling in and keeping accurate records and ensuring that they are following a plan and a strategy to get mm. an outcome. Mm. And so, and this is probably going to be one of the most um, controversial parts of the book, I would imagine. Yeah. yeah. Because changing people's salaries and, you know, I'm sure salespeople out there are listening and going, but I heard you say something about yeah, using yeah, base. Yeah. Um, but, you know, working with you on the book, I know that the calculations we made were essentially the person would earn more money over the long term. Yes. Um, and without the spikes yeah. and, the, and the troughs. Because being a, being a salesperson, I was working in sales for 10 years, you know, you would have the win years where you do really well and you go on the sales trip and everything's rosy and yeah. then the next year you're starting from absolute zero again and generally with, with hardly any pipeline there. Um, and you could have a terrible year. Totally. And the terrible year is the worst. <laughs> yeah, totally. And, you, and you're being looked at by your boss and you're being scorned and the whole the whole thing's not working properly yeah. for you. And so what I'm saying is, yeah, while you while on the face of it um, you may lose salary from your base in the first year, if you are planning in that first year, you'll get it all back again. You know, yeah. like it, because yeah. you, you, you'll get it all back. But what it's saying to, their, to, to the client expert is we – value planning above all else because we know if we plan well then we will have excellent yeah. outcomes you know they're just that's an incontroversial you know that's not yeah. that's a fact right we all know that so what i'm saying is let's put our money where our mouth is mm-hmm. around that and then i'm also saying things like as long as you have done your planning and you've opened that first gate in your in your planning part of your mm-hmm. the, the remuneration plan if you don't sell anything that year because you are immaculately following the plan. And your deals are coming in the and next year. And your are coming in the next year. You still actually receive some of your at-risk remuneration from the other team members who have who yeah. have done the deal. Yeah. And, and, and this creates a real strong team outcome and it creates an outcome of having longevity in your sales team. Yeah. And it creates an outcome of, and because your, your other executives are also remunerated in a very similar manner, not quite the same, but in a very similar mm. manner, it, everyone bands together to make it right. Yeah, you know? And yeah. if you're a salesperson, in an organization today, if you hear something going on elsewhere, 
you're not actually that inclined to talk about it because it's not relevant to you. Yeah. Whereas in the client expert world that I talk about, everyone worries about everyone else's deal because mm. everyone knows that's part of your remuneration structure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they're not going to be trying to squirrel away resources of very important I need that point. legal person, I need that, you know, I need that very um, the CEO or CIO to go out to see this yeah. person and it's, it starts with more sharing economy, yeah. I guess. Well, that's a really important point I didn't and I haven't mentioned it because right now often it's who can ever get the resources for whatever reason gets the deals and that this will allow people to have a critical review of their deal and go, actually, my deal's not as good as your deal. Yeah. Well, because you've yeah. got an external way of assessing it. Yeah, exactly. Independent external way. Yeah. yeah. When, when I was doing it, it was really based on opinion. It was yeah. like how much the salesperson yeah. you looked in his eyes and believed him that mm. he had a real deal. And a few questions, but not really yeah. structured. You come back to the power plan and ask those, those four C's questions. Yeah. You will uncover it instantly yeah. and it will be awkward. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And we want to remove awkward, so therefore get your planning right. Well, and, and I guess, you know, on, on reflection, you know, being in the IT industry for a long time mm. like you, and it's not just IT but any industry, that the the sales, what we're selling is different. Yes. And so when it was, you know, I'm selling an HP server against an IBM server or against a, a Dell server and mm. or software, you know, yeah. my version of outsourcing or your version yeah, yeah, of outsourcing, yeah. which is really the same people. Yes. So, so they're all very similar products. So personality and relationship probably was a fairly big part of it, yeah. I would imagine. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there's lots of lunches and entertainment, but yeah. that's sort of not there anymore. It's, and yeah. it's really about the strategic ideas and how do you solve a problem because, you know, a lot of it's custom written or there's, yeah. it's put together in a specific way. And there might be back end of, of products and solutions that are standard. However, the... You know the way you package that solution, what you put in there, is actually quite different to the next person. Yes, you know yeah. it's almost a consulting engagement. Well, that's right because and because you've engaged with the client much longer, you will have a better understanding of exactly how to tailor it to, to fit their needs. And even though you know, and I, it's interesting what you were saying about lunches and relationships and the like. And I actually don't think they were ever there. There's always been they were there, of course. And what yeah. I mean is. There's, and there's always been the achievers. I've seen achievers in businesses and they weren't the long lunch people. And they, yeah. they were there just, they were, in my words, the client experts of, 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 yeah. of four or five years yeah, ago. because you've seen that. Yeah, right? I've seen it and I've seen those people and they thoroughly understand their client and they were always successful. Yeah. And they floated under the radar, always being successful. And they probably had good plans. And they had good plans. And they, you know, see, I'm just saying that what I'm, what I'm saying isn't, there's no rocket science. I've just pulled together a, a few other bits and pieces to make the whole thing hang together and have a process to actually yeah. follow it along. Um, You've got a process to do it from top to bottom, whereas yeah. before it was individuals choosing to, to be choosing that way. to do it. That's right, and other and they wouldn't share it. Yeah. Like I, like you know, I've, I've saw people who are more strategic sellers than say I was yeah. or other yeah. people, and there was people who were the white knights and they'd go feast famine, and there's people who had the the discipline and the yeah. planning and would. Would be offering more value to the client rather than Completely. trying to pull off on a relationship yeah. that they might might have had, which did work to some degree. With, well, that's with right. Basic purchases, but the clients are so much more sophisticated today. Yeah, probity and process is so much more important today. You've got to have a much more robust strategy yourself than mm -hmm. just hope. So, so yeah. the company then is relying more on the planning than the people. Completely, it's it's yeah. the people do the planning, but the plans are far more important because if that salesperson leaves someone else yeah. could take over the plane exactly and that's and, and 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 i think ceos 
in the current world and the old world have a hands-off approach to sales because many CEOs, most CEOs, don't come from a sales background. Correct. And so sales is a little bit of a, a, a little bit of an enigma to them, and they and you know and they don't jump into it. Yeah. Um, often I I'm dealing with one CEO at the moment, and that CEO has a uh, you know has quite a um, disparaging view yeah. of sales. Yeah, right. It's a dirty industry. It's a dirty industry, and I'm working with that person to, to to try and lift and change their attitude. And they are seeing this gives them so much more clarity, and they are yeah. seeing. And, and that's why I'm saying you've got to get rid of that word sales because yeah. it comes with the wrong connotation. Connotation, and you've got to have client expert because you can you can't measure your sales. Well, yeah. Show me your sales. You can't can't measure that. You can measure how much of an expert this person is in a client. Yeah. You yeah. can measure that straight out and go, actually, you don't know enough about your clients. I'm going to find, I'm going to train you or I'll have to find someone else that has yeah. got more, you know, more client, experts. The industry. Yeah. yeah. You, want, you want someone who can walk into the CEO or the CIO and actually advise them. Completely. Completely. You want to be able to say, you want to have someone that says, hey, you know what? In the UK, they're moving down this path for uh, approaching these sorts of issues. Have you thought about doing that here? What's mm-hmm. going on? Oh, that won't work here because we've got different, le- re- you know, legislative structures. But you still have on the right conversation, right? Yeah, yeah. As opposed to going in, which is what ninety percent of salespeople do today. Can you tell me what keeps you awake at night? Yeah. And you know what? You should know what keeps that CEO yeah. awake at night already because you should. But you should be a student of the industry. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Look, that's that's good advice, and I yeah. think we'll leave it there and and delve into because I really want to go into the the individual yes. plans and give yeah. a lot of detail and, and sort of sort of case studies and just yeah. you know what are the specifics that people can do, and it's yeah. in the book, but yeah. you know we're doing it audio to make it easy for people to, to digest. So let's leave it there. Thank you for wonderful. That. That's and, good. Uh, that gives us a good overview. And in the next one, we're going to kick off with the the CEO sales plan, which is uh, which is a big one, and yes. the CEOs listening out there. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it's something worth listening to because it'll be different than what you think. Yes. Uh, in, in expectations. There's a lot of planning out there that you already do, and this is different. That's absolutely. Yes. All right. Thanks, Look Andrew. Forward to it. Thanks, Andrew. Thanks for listening to the show. If you have any questions or would like to contact Andrew, please contact him on coledsales.com.au where you can also purchase a copy of his book if you're in Australia or if you're overseas, please head to Amazon where you can buy it online. Thanks for listening.